This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hi listeners, welcome back to TGIC Podcast. This is episode 7. I'm really excited we're doing our first fan recommended episode this week. This episode is, rec- or this case rather, is recommended by my Nana who's one of our best listeners. She listens every week and it makes me really happy that we're doing this case. This is the case of Sabrina Eisenberg. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Alright, so I'm going to just get a little bit into background. Sabrina Page Eisenberg was born on June 27th of 1997. She lived in Valrico, Florida, which is like outside of Tampa. I, I kind of can't tell. It seemed very suburban, but I'm not like sure if that's a definite. It, it's on the west, west, yeah, west coast, like on the Gulf area. And it's like not directly on the coast, but in the general area, I guess. Like I'd say it's like probably an hour to the coast. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. And, like, I looked at the crime scene photos, and the house looked like a suburban home. So yeah. Okay. So she lived in this, like, suburban area kind of outside of Tampa, and she disappeared on November 24th of 1997, so she was only five months old at this time. That's so sad. I know. And it's, like, it's also, this is why I think, like, children who disappear is one of the more interesting cases, because you know that they did not run away, especially someone who's, like, five months old. Yeah, like, and the worst part is she probably couldn't, like, she couldn't buy back. She probably didn't exactly. realize what was happening. Yes, I mean, someone just took her out of her crib, so it's very sad, but also for true crime people, very interesting, I guess. Um, she lived with her parents, Steve and Marlene Eisenberg, and her brother, William, who was eight years old at the time, and her sister, Monica, who was four at the time. So she was the youngest of two older siblings. Do you want to get into the timeline? Totally. So, like Jill said, she went missing on November 24th, 1997. And at 6 in the morning, Marlene Eisenberg wakes up and she walks into the kitchen, like, only to discover that her laundry room door that led to her open garage was open. Her garage door was open? Did she leave it like that? Uh, well, actually we're going to get this a little bit later, but yeah, let's just say it was like that the night before. And they didn't, like, they didn't know if they locked the door or not. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is just me coming from, like, a very neurotic household. Like, my dad checks the doors, like, so I sleep on the first floor. So, like, he checks the garage door, which, like, we never leave the garage door even open. He makes sure the garage door and the front door are both, like, locked at night. Like, and, like, make sure the alarm is on. Like, these people didn't have an alarm either. Like, I have a lot of questions. And especially since, literally... Their children's door, like, doors to their room were on either side of the laundry room leading to the garage. Yeah, I don't know, I definitely don't know if this is me just being, like, very overly neurotic about these things, but, like, I never understand why people don't lock their doors, I never understand why people don't, like, use alarms. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, please lock your doors, it's literally the easiest thing to do to keep you safe. 
And so Marlene Eisenberg, like, she went to check on her kids, make sure they were doing okay. And to her horror, when she walked into her little daughter Sabrina's room, she was missing from her crib along with her yellow blanket. And, of course, her mom was, like, freaking out. And sometime between 6 and 6.45, she ran to her neighbor's house to inform her that Sabrina was missing. Why did she go to her neighbor's house? Yeah, I literally don't know. And the lady, like, apparently didn't know her very well. This is, like, one of the things that I find kind of weird. Wait, she didn't even know her? They weren't even, like, close friends? No, like, the lady literally said that, like, she ran to her door and, like, was knocking on it. And then she just, like, hugged the lady and said that she couldn't find her daughter. That doesn't make sense. Like, I could understand maybe she's a close friend. She was looking for help or, like, comfort. But, like, why would you go over there? And it's not even, like, again, she's five months old. It's not like she, like, woke up early in the morning and was like, you know, I'm going to wander over to my mom's friend's house this morning. Exactly. And, I mean, she did this before calling the police. And, like, it's unclear if she made the 911 call at her neighbor's house or at her house. But either way, I just think it's super weird that she went to her neighbor's house. And so at 6.45 a.m., the call is made. She waited 45 minutes to call the police? Yeah. Like, okay, that's weird to me because I feel like if you're going to search your house, I mean, that takes, what, 20 minutes tops? Like, tops, especially since this house was not very big. Exactly. Like, I feel like if you can't find her in the house and clearly you've made the time even to go check out your neighbor who you don't know very well's house, like... Yeah. I just think it's strange that it took 45 minutes to call the police if you're like, in Like, that would be the first thing like, that I would have done, especially since I know my daughter's not in her bed, both of my other kids were asleep, and the garage door was open. Yeah, I would have called the police right away, or at least right after checking the whole house. Yeah, like, that would have been my first step. And so the police arrive, like, minutes after the call is made, and because, like, if she was kidnapped, like, they need to find the culprit quickly. Like, this is a little, tiny little baby, like... Literally, like, anything could happen. So they, like, look around the house and take note of, like, a few really specific things. So, like, the garage and kitchen door were open. I mean, of course. And that means that there's, like, no sign of forced entry. Well, obviously, if the things were already left open. Exactly. Like, someone could just go in without, like, touching anything, literally. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this is really relevant, but they wanted to, like, mention it in the case file, but there were a lot of toys all around the house and dirty dishes in the sink. That seems pretty normal, though, for, yeah, like, a, a, family. a family of five with, like, three little kids. I yeah, know, I don't know seem why strange they to me. it. But this is one of the weirder things to me. There were little to no photos of Sabrina in the house. Like, all of them were photos of her siblings. That's so weird. Actually, that's really weird. As someone, like, with a sibling, like... I know for a fact that there's, like, a pretty equal amount of pictures of us around the house. Because otherwise one of us would get pissed. And, I mean, I don't really have that many photos in my house of, like, me when I was a baby or whatever. But this just seems so weird, especially since they have photos of their other kids. Yeah, I feel like... you're not going to put photos of your baby around your house. Like, you're either a no-picture person or you're, like, a... I have a ton of pictures of my kids person. Like, why don't they have pictures of Sabrina? Like, and plus she's a newborn. Like, you'd think, like... Like, when she was born, all these pictures from, like, her first, like, months and stuff. And, like, plus it was, like, the 90s. Don't people keep, like, scrapbooks and stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, that was the weirdest thing to me. And then also the only things missing, like, there was literally nothing missing in the house. No sign of forced entry. And the only things that were missing were Sabrina and her yellow blanket. So, like, the culprit, like, was there literally to only take the baby. Yeah, it, like wasn't a robbery it was yeah like it they just went to take that makes me think too like 
if they just took the baby and, like, didn't even take a chance to look at the other kids, I feel like that means it's intense. Like, they, someone knew them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it feels personal. It feels personal, point. and it also feels like they knew the house and, like, maybe yeah. knew that they left the garage door open or they left the garage door open themselves. Yeah, exactly. And so let's get into, like, the days after the original call. So there was literally, like, first off, there's like, freaking no evidence anywhere. Like, there was never a ransom note, which I guess, like, not, like, that's just not normal in the case of kidnapping, like, a child. Well, unless, like, the person who took them, like... Wants to cover it up? Or just wants the kid and they don't want it, like... Like, like you said, they didn't take anything. They're not looking for money. They clearly wanted Sabrina for some reason, and that's what it seems like to me. So I guess not having a ransom note doesn't shock me because it wasn't a robbery situation. Mm-hmm. And immediately, like, the police found the parents, Steve and Marlene, suspicious. I mean, like, always in cases like this, they're going to find the parents suspicious, but there's just, like, a few things, like I said earlier, that are weird. Like, they found out that they literally left the garage door open like, on purpose the night before, and that's just weird in general, but then they also left the door unlocked, which is, I just, like, but they also, the parents tried to cover this up at first. Yeah, well, okay, so, there are two sides to every story, I guess, like, the parents could have been covering this up because they were embarrassed because, you know, they did something that they probably knew they shouldn't have done and their daughter went missing, or you can take it in the way that all true crime people want to take it as, like, they're suspicious, and they did it, and they're trying to cover it up. Yeah. And, like, they scoured the whole entire house for, like, any evidence, including DNA. And in Sabrina's room, they only found two things. So they found a single blonde hair in Sabrina's room and a shoe print. And, I mean, this would be like, oh, my God, that's, like, DNA evidence. Like, oh, my gosh. But literally, their other daughter was blonde. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my god, that's not even good evidence. And like a shoe print, people are walking around their shoe like house with shoes on all the time. I don't wear shoes in my house. Yeah, but like a single shoe print. I don't. That doesn't seem suspicious to me. But like, I mean, I guess it could have been. I. I like the hair definitely doesn't seem suspicious. Like because they literally had a blonde daughter. Well, my brother was a baby. I used to be in his room all the time. I used to try to like take him out of his crib early in the morning so I could play with him. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, of course, Sabrina's search is still ongoing, and, like, they literally, this is, like, really crazy, but there was, like, a lake nearby their house, and they, like, like, I don't know what that word is, like, they go on a boat and, like, drag the bottom of the lake, if that Oh, no, I know what it's called. It's, like, dredge? Dredging? Yeah, is that something it? like that. But they even did that, and they've literally found nothing. Like, even to this day, they found nothing. And, yeah, that's the end of the timeline. Do you want to get into suspects? Yes. Okay, so we're going to first get a little bit more into the parents on why they're suspicious. So, Steve and Marlene Eisenberg, they are suspicious for, like, kind of a lot of reasons. Honestly, this reminds me a lot of the whole John Bonet case because mm-hmm. their parents are, like, the most suspicious in the case. So, as we said earlier, there were no signs of forced entry into the house, and there was no ransom demand. So, it really seems like no one was looking for money, No one, like, broke into the house again, so, like, no one was really looking to rob or just, like, I don't know. I don't, people are crazy, I guess. People could just break into your house to steal a kid, but, like, they did leave their garage door open and stuff. It just, it seems little too coincidental, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, there's something weird also, like, 
They could have, like, tried to stage it and just did a really bad job. Like, oh, let's open the garage door in the laundry room and be like, it was open when we woke up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, then, like, how are you supposed to explain that? Now you just sound stupid. Yeah. Anyway, and then a couple days after the fact, there was a press conference video of Marlene, like, smiling. (sighs) And I think that's so strange, again, because, like, in JonBenet's case, there were a lot of video footage of her mom just, like, smiling. And, like, again, Patsy Ramsey was, like, our main suspect in that case, and I think that has a lot of parallels with this case. And, I mean, you may, like, file the argument, oh, my God, everyone handles grief differently, like, she might just be stressed out and handling it like that, but, like, these videos are haunting. Like, it's not like someone trying to cover up their sadness. That's not a way someone, like, hides grief, I guess. Like, I feel like if, like, there's, like, a difference between a sad smile and, like, a happy, haunting kind of smile. Yeah. So, then, there's also this suspicious video of Sabrina that was, like, taken a few days before her disappearance. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I actually watched this video, and it'll be linked on our website, but it's basically, okay, this was taken literally a few days before her disappearance. Like, I've heard a bunch of different resources, like, some say it was the day before, some say it was two days before. I think it was a few days before, and it was, like, the first video, like, it was the first home video they had of her. And so, like... A lot of people find this video weird. Like, police reviewed this over and over and over again, and some of the police officers said that it looked like she had bruises on her face. And, I mean, I watched this video, and I didn't really see that. Like, yeah, it was I, kind of grainy. There were a lot of shadows and stuff. I don't know. I think it could be go either way, honestly. Like, obviously, the video quality from 1997 was not, like... Great. Fantastic, especially on someone's, like, home video camera. But I... Couldn't necessarily tell that there were bruises. I feel like that could be, like, literally could be shadows if people looked at it the wrong way. But then the other weird thing is she had, like, a huge bald spot on the side of her head. That is true. You can't, like, take that out of context. Like, that, it was a very large, like, like, if someone were to have gotten brain surgery and they take out, like, a patch, that's exactly exactly what it looked looked like. like. And then, like, I know babies lose their hair. Like, when I was a baby, I had, like, an old man cut, like, a cul-de-sac. I was bald for a whole year. Yeah. Like, all the hair just fell off the top of my head. But this is not what it looked like. It wasn't a bald spot, like, on the back of her head. It was on, like, the side of her head. And it literally looked like her hair had been shaved off or yanked out. Like Yeah, it, it was a strange spot. But, like, honestly, based on the picture, I don't know if I would say it was yanked out. It honestly looked shaved off. Like, yeah, but I, that's still so weird. It's definitely weird. I'm not arguing that point. I still think it's suspicious. I just... It looks more shaved because it makes me think of, like, like in Grey's Anatomy when someone's about to get brain surgery and they take exactly. out, like, a little piece. That's exactly what it looked like. But, I mean, like, when babies get bald spot, it's usually, like, a smaller area. And this is, like, a real... It was, like, almost half of her head. Like, it was really big. So, I just thought that was... Yeah. Bad. So, that video, they thought was really suspicious when they found it. And, again, like Izzy said, they went over it a ton. But I guess it was nothing, like, too big. It just, it was, like, led to some suspected abuse. And as they're being interviewed, there were, like, a lot of inconsistencies in their statements. I couldn't find any, like, specifics on it. But I think they, like, changed a lot of details of their story and about, like, especially about the doors being open and stuff. Yeah. And I think they, like, it was just very sketchy. And, again, they could have been trying to cover up their own idiocy. But Mm -hmm. what if, you know? Like, some things are too coincidental. So then, they both claimed that Sabrina was abducted from her crib by someone who wanted a baby but could not have one on their own. I think this is so strange because it's so specific. It sounds rehearsed, almost. And, like, 
I don't know when some when a baby like when your kid's kidnapped are you really thinking about that like that seems specific it either seems like they knew something or they were just trying way too hard to cover something up yeah I mean I don't know what they would know because if they did know something like when they had tried to share that with the police but it seems more likely that they're trying really hard to cover something up like like the ransom note it's in the JonBenet so case oddly specific like it wouldn't even be a big detail but that's just such a weird excuse. Yeah, and it's like, like you could say so many, th- like, honestly, it would be more likely to say something like a pedophile kidnapped my daughter. Like, yeah. that seems very strange and very specific. I don't know. That, like, line bothers me a little bit just because I feel like it's so oddly specific. Yeah. All right, so they were arrested for civil conspiracy, which is, like, kind I don't know what you would call that. It's not, I don't think it's a felony. But they were also, or like, in addition to this, were arrested for allegedly withholding important details about their daughter's disappearance from law enforcement. So, it's definitely strange that they did, like, apparently all these inconsistencies and whatnot got so bad they were arrested for it. But the charges ended up being dropped because there was just not enough evidence. But it makes me think a little bit, were, like, the police just unwilling or, like, unable to arrest them for, like, the actual kidnapping and murder of their daughter? Oh. Because, okay, I I watch a lot of Law & Order, and I don't think, I mean, obviously that's not an accurate representation of the legal system, but I, I pick up on a couple things, and sometimes they'll arrest people for smaller charges if they can't substantiate some of their other claims. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think that's like, that's what the intention was, like, they thought they did it, but, like, they didn't want to arrest the two white suburban parents that lost their daughter. Yeah, because... It's almost like they felt bad. They felt bad. And they bad. didn't want to be like, oh my god, you definitely kidnapped or killed your daughter. Like, they didn't want to do that, but they knew that there was something going on. Yeah. And, like, again, these charges got dropped, but then the parents decided to, like, sue the police department because oh they were, like, I guess they were just pissed off. And they had got, like, a chunk of money from it, but I think that's kind of unfair. Like, like Crimea River. Seriously. Exactly. Like, just can't you just get away and get over it? Like, yeah. And I mean, Going back to what we said earlier, like, how the police, like, claim that it was potential that, like, Sabrina was abused, you gotta think, also the no photos in the house of her. Yeah, to me it always comes off in this case like they just were not happy with having a third child, but we can talk a little bit more about that in theories. So, after these arrests were made, they, the charges were dropped, so I guess that whole theory was dropped, but I also found this very strange. Like we said earlier, there were a lot of inconsistencies in their statements, but this is the weirdest thing to me. Marlene's polygraph, both parents took a polygraph, and her husband Steve passed, but she didn't. Her results came back inconclusive. This happened to Patsy too, right? Yeah, with the handwriting thing, and I mean, obviously they're very different things, like handwriting's a lot more reliable I guess and like polygraphs as we said they're not like again they're not the most reliable source whatsoever but hers did come back inconclusive which is very strange and I mean it's different when like an actual criminals comes back inconclusive but like this was a mother like Like, her daughter I'm saying why would you lie or why would you even behave in like a nervous way that could be misconstrued with lying yeah all right do you want to talk about our next next suspect Yeah, so Scott Overbeck. So he was, like, a convict, and I'm assuming he was in jail, right, at the time? He was in jail at the time. I don't know what he was convicted for, because I couldn't find that, but he was in jail at the time. And he claimed that he had info about the case. 
He said specifically that he was hired to dispose of her body. He said that he arrived at the house to retrieve a dead baby in a small boat. That's so specific. A small boat. What is that like? I don't know. Like a like a kid's boat or like a canoe? What is that? Know. Okay. I just that's specific and I mean I, I don't again, I don't know what this guy was in for, but I feel like it would have been mentioned if he was like in for something violent, which it's not. Yeah. So like he doesn't seem like the kind of criminal who like like Lloyd Lee Welch who's going to like make up this crazy story and exactly. like Exactly. Like I mean we always hear about these, like, criminals in jail who just, like, say that they have information about a case kind of just to get out of their cell. Yeah. Kind of. But he doesn't, I don't think he was in on something violent. But why would you, like, lie about this? Why would you say, yeah, Kip, like, I have information about a missing baby. And he continued to say that he chopped her up and put the remains in crab traps in Tampa Bay. That's way too specific like way too specific and again why would you lie about that if you didn't want to get in trouble exactly like there's literally no reason that you would lie about that i just don't like, see if the anything, benefit that would make his sentence probably worse like at that point he probably just, i mean i'm assuming if it's true like he probably just felt so guilty about it at that point yeah i guess and also like the parents were questioned further about the boat and about marley having an affair <laughs> Okay, so... Which is really random. It's really random. I was looking into this guy yesterday, and I thought that was just a strange detail. I guess this, like, provoked them to look more into the parents, because Mm -hmm. if he was hired, who was he hired by? And, like, finding this small boat that could have, like, DNA or something on it, and, like, substantiate this guy's story. But then, so, like, that part of it makes sense. I don't know why they were asking about Marlene having an affair. I put it in here, because, I mean, that seems very important. Like, did they think that... She was having an affair with this guy, and this guy was trying to get back at her. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, you gotta think. I just totally, like, made this up, and it's just a theory. But, like, what if the parents, after they killed Sabrina, like, hired him to get rid of her and, like, not tell them where what he was doing with her? So, like, if they ever were suspected of doing anything, they wouldn't, like, have, like Yeah, know about where know the body is or something. Yeah, so then they, like, couldn't... Um, like, really file a case against them. I mean, it's definitely possible. Do you want to talk about the theories and the parent theory specifically? Yeah, so I'm going to get into the parent theory. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Mar- like we're thinking that Marlene and Steve like didn't want Sabrina. Like, they abused her. That would explain why there are no pictures in the house. That could explain like why she had that chunk of hair missing from her head. And honestly, like... There was an interview I watched, like, and it's, like, recent. It was from 2018, and it was the mom and the dad walking through their house, and they still have, oh, like, Sabrina's room, and it's, like, fully furnished, and it has, like, all of her baby clothes on display. Okay, I feel like that could literally be taken, like, one of two ways. Like, both are creepy, but, like, I feel like you that could either mean, like, they're they think their daughter's still alive and she's going to come home one day, or they're trying to maintain appearances because they were the ones who did it and they don't want to seem like... like they're covering their asses. Exactly. And I just thought that was super weird. I don't know. Like, everyone grieves differently, but that that was just super weird in my opinion. And so a part of the series was that they thought one of them killed her during the early morning. 
and I think it's most likely Marlene because of her strange behavior, behavior and her inconclusive polygraph. Yeah, I think that makes sense because if the dad passed the polygraph, like, he either is some kind of psychopath who hacked the system, which I kind of doubt, but it just seems like Marlene's more viable, I guess, in this case, because her specifically was mentioned a couple times as having, like, the strange smiling and behavior, and also, like, the inconclusive polygraph. Inconclusive to me means bad. I don't, it seems worse than, like, failing one, honestly. And then one of them disposed of the body. Like, they either hired Scott Overbeck to dispose of her body and, like, left her outside after they killed her, killed her, or they disposed of the body, like, alone or with, like, with Steve. And Scott Overbeck was just irrelevant and made it all up. <laughs> Honestly, I could buy that. This guy seems sketch. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, either he's freaking insane or he's, like, just a guilt-ridden guy trying to get his clearest conscience. The website I got this information from, it will be linked on our website. But oh, I did you look at this one? And it was, like, talking about this theories, and all of a sudden it just says, the informant, and it has a picture yes. of him, like, close up. <laughs> this picture oh my god it's like literally so zoomed in on his face he looks almost like a cartoon character it's so zoomed in and it's like oh my god and the way it just says the informant it like makes it sound like did you ever do those like iMovie trailers oh my god yeah that's what it reminded me of yeah so this theory in my mind is the most plausible it's definitely the most plausible in my opinion I always kind of want to blame the parents when they seem like the littlest bit suspicious yeah because Honestly, like, I think the majority of abduction cases are committed by parents. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense, like, neither one of their other kids were taken, neither one of them were woken up, their door was still closed, like, it was literally just Sabrina. Yeah, it was the one kid that they, like, sketchily did not have pictures of and, like, potentially abused. Yeah, and I mean, okay, this is totally, like, I'm totally making this up. But you know how in the John Bonet case we talked about, like, remorse if a killer knows, like, their victim personally? Mm-hmm. So Sabrina was taken with her yellow blanket, and she, like, took it everywhere with her. Like, it literally went everywhere with her. And, like, maybe I'm thinking maybe the mom killed her and, like, took the blanket as a way of remorse. Yeah, I think that would make sense, or, like, in a way to, like, comfort her yeah. as she died, despite the fact of being the killer. Like, I think that makes sense, like... I mean, maybe if you're kidnapping, you're going to take the blanket, but also, like, maybe you wouldn't. Like, I don't think you would, because then that's, like, evidence. More to carry. Like, you have a baby with you, no one's going to think that's sketchy. If, like, people are aware that there's a baby that disappeared, like, with a yellow blanket, and they see you with this baby and a yellow blanket, like, people are going to notice. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Scott Overbeck theory, which is, again, just kind of stupid, but... We got to talk about it. So, the theory would be, I guess, that he just kidnapped, killed, and disposed of Sabrina's body in the way that he said. But, this definitely seems unlikely because, A, he didn't know Sabrina, and as we said earlier, it seems like the person who kidnapped her was familiar with the house, knew her because it seemed very targeted. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, I'm not aware of his criminal history, but it doesn't seem to me that he had a violent history because it was never mentioned anywhere. And usually the people would mention that kind of thing. And... Again, why would he confess to disposing of the body but not the murder? Like, I just don't get that. Like, if you're going to confess because you're in jail and want to, like... Then confess all of it. Yeah, and, like, a lot of times when people do confess things like that, it's because you have some sort of weird sense of pride over it. Like, the floodgates open. 
Like, exactly. Just it doesn't make any sense that he would just confess to the disposal. And it's just a very detailed story, like, to have, like, that kind of story for the disposal part, but, like, not have a detailed story for the murder part. I don't, I don't know, Doesn't something seems very off. Either he's, like, a crazy person and just, like, is totally disconnected from the case, or he was hired by the parents. I don't think there's any way he actually, like, kidnapped and killed her. Exactly. Like, why would he, he do that? There's literally no evidence that he would have like, done something like that. he didn't know that. the family, like... What crazy person is going to, like, walk into someone's garage, walk into their house, and then just take a baby? Nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally nothing else. Like, there were TVs. Like, he took... If he did it, which I'm very doubtful that he did, like, why would you just take a baby to kill it? Yeah. I don't... I mean, obviously people are crazy, but why would you just take the baby? Why wouldn't you take the other kids, too, or kill the parents? I don't know. That seems very off to me. Yeah. So, this is the other theory that, honestly, I think is kind of the most interesting, but not the most likely. So, this theory is that Sabrina is still alive. So, her parents are still looking for her. Again, they could just be trying to cover up for killing her, or they're just really hopeful. I don't know. And her case is still open by police, but there haven't been, like, any new information coming out in the past years. And her parents, as I said earlier, they thought, like, she was kidnapped by someone who didn't, couldn't have a baby on their own and they wanted a baby. And they think that she's, like, was raised by her kidnapper. That's so weird. Well, think like about it. Like a mother it. Gothel situation? Ex- actually, exactly. It's literally, like, tangled. She couldn't have her own kid, so she just took one. Um, but it makes me think, like, she was five months old. She would have no memory of, like, the first five months of her life or being kidnapped, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, I was going to say something really stupid. <laughs> I was going to be like, well, one of us could have been kidnapped. Oh, my God. We were not kidnapped. We were not Don't worry about us. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, like, you wouldn't remember any of that. And, like, you yeah. would think your parents are, like, Like, there are your so parents. many movies about this. Like, I've seen a few about, like, a kid finding out that they've been kidnapped, like, years ago. Have you really after. seen movies like that? Yeah. What kind of movies? I want to watch them. Like, multiple. There was one with Taylor Lautner, and then there's just a bunch of other ones. Taylor but Lautner yeah. was in them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, that is definitely a possibility, but we think it's kind of unlikely, but two people have come forward claiming to be Sabrina, and before I talk about this a little bit more, I have to say, like, this is, like, one of the most unreliable things ever. These people always come forward on, like, Facebook. Oh, Jesus. And, like, just they're not like the most reliable some people are just crazy like literally people will just be like hell yeah i'm totally this person but i have to say one of them seems kind of credible so one of these people like they have literally no info on them like i don't know if like dna was tested blah 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 there's nothing to talk about but the other person says that they have no record records of the first five months of their life and has like a similar appearance to sabrina's siblings oh my god that's actually kind of creepy and like I guess it's possible that it's just a huge coincidence, but, like, what if, you know? Like, coincidences are just very unlikely in anything true crime-related. True. Like, like, the crazier it is, the more accurate uh-huh. sometimes. And, like, yes, it's possible she could just look like her siblings, and that's a total coincidence. But the fact that she has no record of her first five months of the life, and, like, in addition to the looking like the siblings... Now that is a theory. Like, what if what if this is her? Apparently DNA has been tested, but results were not released, and this was, like, from 2018. So maybe it was a 
dead end, but it's definitely possible that Sabrina's out there alive and has no idea who she is. Like, is being raised under a different name in a different location and... And thinks that her kidnappers are her parents. Exactly. And again, like we said, she would not remember the first five months of her life. She'd have no idea. And I think that's the creepiest part of this case because while I personally find the fact that her parents killed her to be like the most likely theory, it's also possible someone took her to raise their own baby and she just has no idea and she's living out there. So I don't I don't even know how to like that's the creepiest thing to me. That that's giving so me like creepy. chills. This was the case of Sabrina Eisenberg. See you guys next week.